Super Talk Mississippi media production. Better. 15 seconds now, Dalton. Coming up on 10, Dalton. Y'all I'm a radio troll. I did have enough with those online. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, and Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. It's another edition of the Eagle Hour broadcasting around the state on the Super Talk Radio Network. Glad you're with us wherever you're listening in this afternoon. We've got a really good show. Going to be talking a little Conference USA postseason baseball with Tim Bennett, the owner of Overtime Sports, and the man... uh, partly, if not largely, responsible for the CUSA Baseball Tournament being in Mississippi. One of our favorite guests, Russ Anderson, the Associate Commissioner of Conference USA, is going to join us uh, in just a moment. First, I want to remind you that the opening segment of today's show and every day is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of USM Athletics. You can enjoy Dickey's fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory-smoked brisket, other great meats that they cook in-house every day. And don't forget, Dickies will cater any event, large or small. I happened to be at a catered event at baseball this year by Dickies. It was absolutely delicious. So Dickies Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of USM and, of course, the Eagle Hour. All right, Luke, before we bring Russell on, let's get a softball update. Uh, Lady Eagles playing in the Conference USA Women's Softball Tournament. Lady Eagles uh, opening up uh, against UTSA over in Birmingham today at UAB's complex. Lady Eagles up two to nothing in the top of the fifth. Abby Traha has uh, shut out the Roadrunners so far. Destiny Brown let off the game uh, with a home run, and then later in the third inning scored on a Lacey Summerlin double. So Lady Eagles up two to nothing right now, and we'll be updating you uh, throughout the show what the score of that is. Lady Eagles looking to advance uh, to the second round of the Conference USA Championship tournament. All right. Russ Anderson is one of our favorite guests. He's the Associate Commissioner of Conference USA. He runs the football and baseball operations for the conference. And, uh, Russ, always good to have you back on the show, and thanks for coming on today. Always enjoy being with you guys. All right. We're just around the corner, for it's hard to believe, that another baseball season uh, is just about to come to a close. Let's look back, Russ, at the start of the year and where we are today. Is there anything about Conference USA baseball this year that has come as a surprise to you? I think really there's been a whole bunch of surprises as you look at it where sometimes you scratch your head. A team will really look good for a week or two and then uh, you know go and have a rough weekend somewhere. And then that's happened to uh, a number of squads. Um, you know, you look at uh, you know, Southern Miss – you know, obviously they've had, they've had a couple of disappointing um, uh, weekends. You know, it was very surprising, uh, you know, going down losing a couple at FIU back in April this past weekend, you know, losing the first two uh, to Fort Atlantic, who's a good team. But, you know, Fort Atlantic, you go, you take a step back with them a couple weeks and ago, and they lost two or three and nearly got swept at home 
by Old Dominion. And you talk about Old Dominion, they got off to a really rough start. They've won their last five series. So it, there's just been so much up and down uh, throughout the conference this season and really um, a little bit of a lack of consistency throughout. So does that help or hurt the conference when it comes to uh, trying to get teams in the postseason? Um, you know, it probably leans more toward hurting the conference, um, but it depends. At the end of the day, you know, we have a couple, you know, a couple teams that I think have a real good case, maybe a third that um, can make a good case with a good finish here. And so if we, at the, if we end up with three teams in the NCAA tournament, then that's, uh, that's not all bad. But everyone has a little bit of work to do over these last couple weeks to make that happen. How, how good do you feel about two teams making the postseason? Um, you know, Southern Miss and Florida Atlantic, you know, have pretty good resumes. They have uh, uh, where they are right now in the RPI is a pretty good spot. But, you know, if, if only, say only one of them does well and the other struggles these last couple weeks, they could definitely play themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other end of it, I think Louisiana Tech is a team um, that is still alive. Um, the last night's big win at LSU certainly helped them. Um, they really, you know, they went through a stretch after the tornado hit their campus where, um, you know, they struggled for the, the next two weeks, and that's understandable given that, that situation. Hopefully a win like that last night at LSU can kind of jumpstart that team here the next couple weeks and that's what we need to be able to maybe get it, or unless somebody else, you know, wins the conference tournament, that's what we need to be able to get three. I think realistically, three is the most that probably we can get in this year. Um, so hopefully, the teams to take care of business uh, in a manner where we can do that. All right. Last week, Southern Miss knocks off Ole Miss. You say, and uh, we haven't reported this. What can you tell us about the Tech win over LSU last night? You know, really, just I mean, there was it wasn't. Um, you know, not a lot of home runs or anything. They just kind of just consistently scored. I think they scored in six of the nine innings, um, beat them 12-1. to 1. They did have a real good start uh, from a guy who went into the seventh inning and uh, allowed just one run. I think he struck out six or seven. So, I mean, that was a, a really huge win. You get down there in front of 10,000 people in Baton Rouge and, and get a win like that over your in-state rival, um, you know, that's, that's really big for them. So – Louisiana Tech beats LSU twelve to one. Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> well, that is a big win, isn't it? <laughs> All right, Luke, jump in here. It wasn't just uh, Louisiana Tech last night. Rush UAB went over to Auburn and and beat uh, the Tigers on the road. Both of those LSU and Auburn top twenty five RPI teams. Conference USA has been pretty good in non conference uh, midweek games this year. Yeah, we you know we've um, I think we have five different teams that have. Uh, Combined for about a dozen wins over ranked opponents, uh, a bunch of those during the middle of the week, and and that's what you need. You've got to get those kind of wins to try and raise, uh, you know, the overall uh, mark uh, and the way that people look at you nationally as a conference. We always, we never want to be uh, negative, Nancys, but we try to be realistic on this show, Russ. Is there a scenario where Southern Miss and FAU would finish well? In, in, in what, What's the magic number in, in our mind? I don't want to hold you to it, but I'm saying you got to have both teams top 40 RPI. you got to have teams top 35 RPI to be a lock. Is there a, is there a magic number RPI-wise? 
It's not a magic number and because of, you know, it depends sometimes what happens in other conferences. And then another big factor is in conference tournaments, if there are a number of teams that win conference tournaments that wouldn't get in ordinarily, then that can take a spot away from somebody. Generally speaking, if you're certainly if you're in the top 35, um, you know, you're probably going to get in at large then. If you start slipping, you know, into the 40s, you're, you put yourself on the bubble, and then you run a risk of, of maybe not you know, getting an at-large bid if, if some of those things I just described happen. Southern Miss uh, taking on Rice this weekend. We were talking to J.P. Heath yesterday. Uh, from a conference perspective, uh, you know, what do you do when Wayne Graham's not coaching in your conference anymore? J.P. talked about you know how how it's been a pretty good transition from him to coach Abraga. But I know conference wise, man, so incredible all those years to have Wayne, Wayne Graham inside the conference. It, it really was. It's an, an amazing you know something you know bringing winning a conference championship either regular season or tournament or both. For 23 consecutive years, I mean that just doesn't. There's only a couple of schools in any sport that that's occurred in. Um, so that's really a, he set such a high standard there. And I, and I think uh, Matt Braga is going to do a very good job there. It's been a little inconsistent at times this season for them. But I'll tell you this: when Southern Miss goes down there this weekend, they're going to face some really good pitchers. Rice's starting pitchers, and led by their Friday night guy Matt Cantorino, who will be picked in the first couple rounds of the June draft. Uh, their starting pitching is uh, very solid, very much like the Rice program that we've come to know over the years. That's not good news, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> just, just telling everybody what to expect. <laughs> That's not good news at all. Uh, speaking of draft choices, um, Matt Walder. Where where do you see Matt Walder going in the draft, Russ? If you were going to guess. Well, you know, I, I'm not positive on, on on a round on him, but I do know certainly he's he's played a lot better. You know, the last month or six weeks of the season after getting off to a little bit of a slow start, and and some of that I think has maybe been a little bit of what's been around him. You know, when you had uh, you know a guy like uh, Chris Reynolds batting you know behind him last year, he, he was he wasn't able to. Uh, be walked or see the kind of pitches that maybe he's was seeing a lot of this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've clearly pitched around him. Uh, no question about that. And I think that uh, I think that's probably been frustrating for him. All right, let's let's look ahead. Um, right now, w- what do you see for the tournament? If you were going to guess a field, uh, who would you say is on the bubble right now of of, of not making the Conference USA tournament? It's still very wide open. We have the, the two that have qualified. Uh, WKU is pretty close, and Louisiana Tech is in pretty good shape. But then after that, you look at our standings, and 5 through 12, they're separated by four games total with two weekends to play. So there's still a whole lot uh, that could happen with the rest of that field. It'll be kind of fun to watch it all unfold these next two weekends. All right, hang on if you will, Russ. I want to hold you through the break. I want to look ahead for just a moment uh, about football, which will be here before you know it. That good? Sure thing. Russ Anderson, everybody, Associate Commissioner of Conference USA on the Eagle Hour, and we'll be right back after this.
Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, everybody. Bob, Luke, and Dalton uh, on a Wednesday afternoon from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're talking to Associate Commissioner of Conference USA, Russ Anderson. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark and our friends at CampusBookmark.net. Great selection of Southern Miss Apparel. We tell you every day, and every day it just gets better and better. You can shop a great inventory of Southern Miss wares on Hardy Street, right across the street from the campus. Or if you're listening uh, in other places, like my buddy up in Winona, Mississippi, listens every day, well, you can just go to campusbookmart.net, and they'll deliver it right to your front door. Russ Anderson joining us uh, on the Eagle Hour. Okay, Russ, so uh, we're coming back. uh, We're going to talk on baseball. Just one more question. Coming back uh, at least two more years now, we understand, uh, uh, in Biloxi, we asked Coach Barry Mundy if – he thought the other coaches were in favor of uh, the the side, and he kind of chuckled and said, "Well, if basically said, if well, if we keep winning the tournament, probably not." Uh, what's the scuttlebutt among the conference regarding uh, continuing the baseball tournament on the Gulf Coast? Well, I think there's a lot of great advantages of, of being in Biloxi. I know that the coaches really enjoy the ballpark. Um, they you know, they like the setup um, down there on the water and all the hotels that are very close to the ballpark that the teams stay in. So it's a uh, it's really a good destination and you look and it's it's a uh, pretty uh, central for a league that's as wide as ours is. Mm-hmm. It's pretty central and easy for um, the schools to get there and then hopefully easy for you know a lot of their fans to come and, and be a part of that. And so I think those are all some, some really good reasons to uh, continue to be in Biloxi. All right, Luke. Russ, uh, I believe we hadn't, we hadn't talked to you in, in uh, maybe a year, man, since the conference tournament. Now, maybe we had you on for football. But, but tell our listeners, update our listeners again, uh, you know, this new TV deal that, that came out last summer, uh, really exciting for uh, a lot of people and got to experience football. Uh, we're keeping track of Conference USA softball tournament right now. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Just bring our listeners up to date about how good that TV deal was for Conference USA. Well, you know, we have, we have a number of different you know partners for our, for our television, and um, we have a long-standing relationship with CBS Sports Network, and we have a great partnership with Stadium, which uh, Stadium does some of their games over air, some of the games um, available on, on uh, social media, uh, which is you know certainly very very good with the uh, the young folks today, and even for old folks like me. It's good if you're out and about where you can just, you know, be able to check in on a game and, and watch it on, on your phone. Um, obviously, we, uh, the ESPN Plus has been, I think, really well received with a, a lot of our uh, regular season events for football and basketball and then a lot of our championship events. That's uh, something that's very, you know, easy and uh, to uh, get access to and good quality um, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, we, we may be announcing an additional uh, partner for uh, football uh, television prior to wow. this coming season. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure that we can to continue to, you know, get our games out there across the country for, for our fans and uh, alumni to access. Absolutely, that would that'd be tremendous. I look forward to that. What's the balance on that? I, I was uh, the other day listening to some guys talk about how professional sports attendance wise is down, and you know people are asking, is it is it uh, is it because the you know there's so much uh, exposure, so many different venues to watch sports? What what's the balance on that? You know, from a conference perspective. 
Well, you know, I think you know, attendance is something, you know, obviously we're, we're concerned. We, we want to have people at our games. We want to create, um, you know, great atmospheres. But I know that there's uh, some people that, um, well, one, because you can get so many games uh, on, your, on your television and or your phone, um, I think that maybe that deters some people maybe from going out to to the game and in some cases especially you know in a like the sport of football where it's an all-day event and maybe there's some people out there that don't want to uh, you know devote an entire Saturday to, to go into a game I'm someone who still absolutely loves being in the environment of, of a live event yep. um, but uh, I know that that's that's that seems to be maybe changing a little bit uh, in some places. All right, Russ, are you ready to uh, make a prediction about the baseball tournament? Does Southern Miss win their third straight championship? It's going to be a great tournament. We look forward to seeing a lot of Southern Miss fans there, and it'll be a great event. How's that? That's pretty pretty political, yeah. I guess it's safe to say the conference wouldn't mind seeing Southern Miss play the whole weekend. Well, it certainly does have an effect on the attendance uh, when they're playing. There's, there's no doubt. And we, at the same time, we really hope that uh, some of the fans, especially some of those that are uh, of a closer proximity, um, will come in, down, and I think they would really enjoy themselves in Biloxi. No, I don't think there's any question. All right, one, one last question. Football uh, is, is a ways off, obviously, but it, it, it'll be here before you know it. Uh, anything important for our listeners to know about the upcoming football season from the perspective of the conference? Um, well, you know, we hopefully we can just you know continue to to grow nationally. That's the the most important thing. Um, you know, we've had a lot of success. Uh, in our bowl games, um, we'll have you know six guaranteed spots again this year in the bowl season. Um, the more that we can get some wins over Power Five opponents in the regular season, I think that is hugely important. You you look at last year when North Texas went and won convincingly at Arkansas, and the kind of notoriety that got, and then of course Old Dominion's great upset over Virginia Tech last season. We just need more of those because that's what's going to really help raise uh, the level of the respect for the quality of football in our conference. Well, look, man, we always appreciate your time. We look forward to seeing you as we do every year down at the tournament. We'll be broadcasting the show uh, uh, the first two days of the tournament uh, in Biloxi. So uh, look forward to seeing you, Russ. And as always, man, we thank you for coming on the radio show with us. Sounds great. See you in Biloxi. All right. Russ Anderson, everybody, who is the Associate Commissioner of Conference USA uh, in charge of football and baseball. We're, we're looking up right now Tim Bennett. He's the owner of Overtime Sports. That's the organization that puts the tournament on the Gulf Coast. And while we're waiting to see if we can connect up with him a little early, have you got an update, Luke, on softball? Yeah, uh, top of the fifth, Lady Eagles were up 2-0. Uh, UTSA loaded the bases. Uh, Traha gave up a couple singles and walked a batter. And so they singled in uh, two runs. So the bottom of the fifth right now with one out, uh, Southern Miss tied with UTSA. Uh, 2-2. Destiny Brown at the plate right now. She's 2-2 two two today with a home run and RBI. This is a double elimination tournament. I think it's just single. It's single elimination. So every I will, game. I would no. I th- let me let me verify that in just a minute. Okay. So all right, we've uh, I believe located Mr. Bennett, who is the owner of Overtime Sports and the man that is largely responsible, Southern Miss fans, for you being able to go down to the Gulf Coast and watch the postseason tournament. Tim, always good talking to you. Thanks for coming back on the show. 
Hey, good to be back. Good to be back, man. Looking forward to it. Well, we're looking forward to the tournament as always, and uh, pretty excited to hear when you guys negotiated uh, to carry the tournament on through next year as well. Uh, what goes on with all of that, Tim? And, and obviously, this thing is working for you because you keep working to bring it back. Well, the uh, you know last year was a pretty tough year for us with all the rain and the weather, uh, but nobody can control that. So I don't I don't ever complain about the rain, the weather. We we just uh, do the best we can. Um, you know, it's really a community event, and when you look at the economic impact of having a tournament like this, it's interesting to to know that you know there's 1,400 rooms that get booked every time the the tournament says they're coming to town, and that doesn't include any spectators or guests. That's just for the staff and the teams and the umpires. And so this is a, this is a big boon for uh, Biloxi and the Gulf Coast. Uh, the city is very happy to have the tournament here every year, and we're certainly happy as well. And looking forward to to its return in 2020. And we love the fact that the Golden Eagles are continuing to do their thing. Yeah, we were kind of laughing the other day, telling Coach Barry two years ago, uh, you were with Luke and I when Southern Miss had been upset by Texas San Antonio and then was trailing to Louisiana Tech. You were pretty happy when the Golden Eagles pulled that game out, weren't you? Very, very much so. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a neutral party here, but uh, it goes without saying that, you know, these things take money to get it done. And um, I, I'll say this, I should have said it at the, from the outset, um, the help that we've been giving, uh, given from Hoppy Cole and the First Bank, uh, man, it, it doesn't happen without those guys. Um, you know, working with Jennifer and Hayden over there, uh, you know, keeping this thing going. If not for them, then I think we're je- definitely in jeopardy of not having the tournament. Mm-hmm. But uh, with their financial contribution coming to the plate as a title sponsor, uh, that really helps. And, you know, you do the first couple of years of a tournament like this, <clears throat> excuse me, and I've done a lot of this out of my pocket privately, and uh, to now have a public partner with uh, with Hoppy Cole and the First Bank, is uh, it's a lifesaver. And without it, we probably wouldn't be hosting a tournament for a third year. You said the city and the Gulf Coast embraced the tournament greatly. What about the state of Mississippi? Has the state of Mississippi helped you in any way? They have. Um, It's difficult to go back to the governor when he put $15 million into the stadium uh, just to get things started. Mm -hmm. Um, And and without that, you know, a lot of people have talked about the cost of having the stadium and, and the city bond indebtedness. But um, you think about the fact that the governor put $15 million in to get started. And then Borovage, of course, contributed the land, and that has a value to it as well. But even with that being said and done, the state still continues to contribute to make sure that this is successful. Um, We lean on tourism a little bit because it's nationally televised. Uh, The largest uh, and most viewed event uh, on the Gulf Coast with CBS Sports carrying it, Mm -hmm. and then ESPN carrying the first 12 to 14 games with ESPN+. So certainly a lot of visibility for the tournament. uh, good visibility yep. for the state and for the for the county itself. Uh, so Russ, we're looking forward again to the guys coming back to town. But let me interrupt you. We're going to go up against a hard break. If you'll hang on, we want to continue our conversation. That cool? That sounds good. All right, Russ Anderson, back on the Eagle Hour right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Back on a Wednesday, Eagle Hour, Luke, Bob, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. In beautiful downtown Laurel, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Swing by there at lunch, get one of their famous blue plate specials, eight ninety five dollars with a drink. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We continue with Tim Bennett from Overtime Sports, one of the main men responsible for the Conference USA uh, baseball tournament being on the Mississippi uh, Gulf Coast. And, and Tim, let's just go back. Um, you know, there's even in the state of Mississippi, there have been uh, many Golden Eagle fans and just baseball fans in general that don't realize how nice uh, of a stadium uh, you guys have there in in Biloxi. I, I'm a I'm a minor league baseball guy. I love uh, keeping up with the stats. So when I was in, in New Orleans, I'd go to a lot of minor league games. And in Mississippi, I've gone to Trustmark and and the Shuckers. People just don't realize how much of a gem um, the stadium is on the Gulf Coast. That's a beautiful setup. Um, yeah, I don't take any credit for that. We had uh, Dale Partners that did the design work. Um, and then had a lot of help from the city of Biloxi at the time and coming up with the design concepts. And, man, it just turned out to be a beautiful park. And then, of course, sitting right there across from Beau Rivage and on the upper level you can look out and into the Mississippi Sound. And it, it's not it, – there's very few better views in the country in a major league or minor league ballpark. So, man, that's a – it's definitely a gem. I'm just, I'm just happy to, to be associated with it. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to, to, to be a part of all of it. One of the things that you also brought up, uh, and, and I wanted you to expound on this, you said that the Conference USA Baseball Tournament last year was, was uh, if not the one of the highly uh, most viewed tournaments. Talk about that for a minute. Well, probably because we had so much rain. <laughs> Everybody had to go watch the TV. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, we broke records. You know, the first year we broke records for attendance, and the second year we broke records for the some of the longest games ever played and longest weather delays and um it was it was tough but um you know when we look at having uh, television the beauty of having tv is that you don't lose out when you have rain delays because people are watching on tv and that's what you really want and and some of those delays it gives the announcers a chance to talk about the city to talk about where they ate last night to you know talk about the hospitality that showed here on the great mississippi gulf coast and so um you, you don't you don't really lose when it comes down to uh having the televised games you know it, it's a uh, it's a win-win for everybody and you know having cbs with with such a viewership behind them uh that doesn't hurt either so yeah that's that's one of the upsides of having a tournament here is not only do you have you know heads and beds but you also got a lot of a lot of eyes on the on the television watching these games all right uh, Tim, have you had uh, have you gotten the nerve up yet to kind of look out three weeks and see what the early weather forecasts are? Man, why y'all want to do me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we weren't going to talk about rain, you know, no. <laughs> rain and lightning. Right, and uh, lightning. Man, yeah. let me let me tell you that that's a difficult one, I, and everybody had that, had an issue last year. It wasn't just us. The SEC had some issues. The ACC had some issues. And you look around, we're, we're going through a weather pattern, I think, the last few years that is just completely unpredictable. And, I mean, it's always been unpredictable, but this is, you know, you're getting some, some things that are happening that never happened before. And with the, with the college ruling, it's a little bit different. Um, I can tell you we, we wouldn't get a full season in at all 
on our professional side with the with the Shuckers if we uh, had the same rules that prohibits us from taking the field uh, with NCAA teams. But with that aluminum bat and with, with college students, you have to be extra careful. We're careful anyway with our professional athletes, but, but boy, they're super careful with the uh, college athletes. And it's uh, kind of an eight-mile rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a lightning strike within eight miles of the stadium, you've got to stop for 30 minutes and and uh, if you go 25 minutes and there's another lightning strike in that eight-mile radius, you got to wait for another 30 minutes. Right. You know? And so regardless of how far the lightning is away, the storm could be moving away from you and a lightning strike on its way out, and you got another 30 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, it's difficult when you're telling the fans, hey, we're trying to get the game in, and, it's you know, we were 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning last year. So right. we're, we're hoping that doesn't happen again this year, but... You know, we're more concerned about the things we can control and the ones we can't control. Well, you know, what God gives us, we'll take it. Right. Uh, This is not related to the tournament, but um, you got this beautiful stadium an hour south of Hattiesburg. It would seem to me to be a natural that every year Southern Miss would go down there and play a couple of ball games. And I know this past year they did not. Are you involved in those negotiations? And can you tell our listeners – are there talks about getting the Golden Eagles down for more regular season games? Well, there, there's there's two sides of that story. Um, I recently uh, signed a contract in the city of Jackson uh, to take over Smithville Stadium. And so this will be my third stadium venture in the state of Mississippi. Uh, but we're, we're going to our, – our goal is to turn that into College Campus USA and really start to push a lot of college baseball – not just through Jackson, but uh, into the state of Mississippi with SEC, ACC, and Conference USA games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting the scheduling in uh, and and Biloxi is sometimes a little more difficult than it should be. Um, and then uh, you've got to deal with the, you know the conditions on the field itself. We've got artificial turf in Jackson, and so you'll probably see us start to with a complete renovation at Smithville Stadium. We're going to turn that into a, a gym in its own right. Uh, but, yeah, that was one of the reasons when we looked at scheduling games, uh, you know, here in Biloxi was, you know, trying to get them on schedule and then not interfering with uh, the Shucker season as well was, was mm-hmm. one of the complications. Uh, we'll look at next year and see if we can get more games in um, on the coast. But uh, certainly when I came to Mississippi years ago and built Trustmark Park with the with Yates and the Atlanta Braves, uh, we did a lot of college games there and was very successful there had the conference USA tournament there for a couple of years as well and so we're just kind of looking to as much as possible spread the love around the state as much as we can so Mm -hmm. uh, we'll look to have some more games here in upcoming years we'll continue to negotiate but we kind of negotiate with that in mind as well Uh, can I suggest an LSU Southern Miss matchup on the Gulf Coast that would be pretty good don't you think yeah it would be well LSU might not want to (laughs) <laughs> running anymore CU I think teams uh where right they got beat this week. <laughs> yeah, you're right. there were there were two big victories for Conference USA against FTC opponents. So right. uh Conference USA is making its mark uh as usual in baseball. So well, can't, Tim, can't be mad about that one. We look forward to to getting back down there this uh, year with the show. We'll be down there Wednesday and Thursday. Certainly hope that you can come by and sit in with us uh, both days and kind of update our listeners about what's going on once the tournament is underway. Does that sound like something uh, we can set up with you? Absolutely. I look forward to it. I'm always happy to sit down and talk to you guys on the air or off the air. There you go. Well, Tim, we always appreciate your time, and uh, we really look forward to seeing you here in just a couple weeks. 
Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Tim Bennett, everybody, owner of Overtime Sports, the uh, company that puts on, promotes and puts on the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. He's right, Luke. There's not a prettier place. I, I, the only place I've seen that compares to it is the uh, minor league facility over in Pensacola. <laughs> yep. uh, but, boy, both I knew of you them, were going yeah, there. I mean, both of them are just beautiful, beautiful baseball arenas. They are, and you're sitting right there, Carlson. You can actually, you know, from some parts of the ballpark, you can see the water. It's really cool. And when it's up, I remember in 17 uh, when we were down there and the weather was absolutely perfect. There was a right. breeze. Taylor Braley took advantage of that breeze multiple times with home runs. Right. But it was it was just a, a beautiful time. And when when the, the weather was uh, great, it was really good. I want to update real quick um, from last night. Conference USA, Tim mentioned that. just want to give our listeners those scores again. Texas Tech beats FIU 9-6. Tennessee Tech beats Middle Tennessee 10-9. UTSA beats Incarnate Word 6-4. Sam Houston State beat FAU 12-11. But the two big uh, upsets we were talking about, UAB at Auburn uh, beats Auburn 6-4. And then Louisiana Tech in Alex Box, Alec Box Stadium 12-1 over the Bayou Bengals. That's so two great. really impressive wins. That's great. And, and what a great thing for the kids at Louisiana Tech after what they've been through. I, I don't imagine there's anything that would have given them more satisfaction in light of the tornado that they've suffered than to beat LSU 12-1. to What do you think? Yeah, I mean, a lot of those kids, and, and Lane Burroughs' roster, is a, there are a lot of Mississippi kids on there, but obviously there's Louisiana kids on there. And if you're a baseball player in the state of, of Louisiana and you don't end up at LSU, um, you know, you, you anytime you play them, you kind of want to show them what they missed out on. Right. Uh, LSU's been one of those teams, man, up and down this year, just really up and down. I mean, still really, really, really good, but, you know, Louisiana Tech goes in there last night. At, and that's the thing. You just don't go into Alec Box Stadium and destroy somebody like that. No. Uh, Texters did. They're RPI now. I think they've cracked uh, the top – 50 again. They're at 47 today. Southern Miss actually dropped a couple spots to 40, and FAU is at 36. Okay, update on softball. Still the same score? Yeah, same score, top of the seventh. Uh, list the, when we get back from this break, let's uh, break down this game a little more and s- some momentum going into this game because some big-time awards for some Lady Eagles softball players go. announced yesterday. We'll cover that. All right, Eagle Hour continues right after the break. Don't go anywhere. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Wednesday, fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. So happy now to uh, have a brand new sponsor on the Eagle Hour and bringing us every day the fourth segment, Gulfport Home Center, the largest inventory and the best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing located on Highway 
49 in Gulfport, Gulfport Home Center. Lady Eagles softball team uh, tied 2-2 two to two in the top of the seventh against UTSA in the first round of the Conference USA Championships. And just to uh, – I was a little confused earlier when I was looking at this bracket, and basically the way it works is uh, teams seeds 5, 6, 7, and 8 play in an opening round uh, today and then at, at noon and then at 2.30. Uh, the winners then advance uh, against Marshall and Western Kentucky after, after this afternoon. So if you lose this round, you're out. If you lose today, you're out also. The s- double elimination doesn't happen um, until you get to Friday. So uh, what happens is North Texas and Louisiana Tech are waiting tomorrow to to uh, face the winners of the games uh Today and so, if you lose today, you're out. If you get to tomorrow, uh, you get to play again. You lose, you get to play again on Friday. So it's a little confusing. It's a single slash double elimination tournament. Long and short of it is, Lady Eagles have to win two games today in order uh, to be able uh, to get into a double elimination part. Of Tremendous the advantage uh, McK- for the two seeded teams. Absolutely, for the, for the one and the two. If you're Marshall, you basically, if you're Marshall or Western Kentucky, you get one buy. If you're North Texas, Louisiana Tech, you get two buys essentially. But McKenna Pierce has just come in to pitch uh, for Abby Traha. Uh, UTSA has a runner on first base with one out in the top of the seventh. Uh, Lady Eagles got some some big announcements yesterday, and and this is really big. Abby Traha who. Trajo, who we just mentioned, she was named the Conference USA Pitcher of the Year yesterday. This is the first time since 2001 that a, a Golden Eagle pitcher has been named the Pitcher of the Year. Felicia Gonzalez did it in 2001, and then, of course, legendary Courtney Blades did it in 2000. On the year, uh, Traja in 30 or, yeah, in thirty appearances, 162 innings, a 1.89 ERA, and 129 strikeouts. So uh, she... Uh, is, has been doing great, um, pitched uh, through the sixth inning today. Also, a couple more honors for us to mention. Destiny Brown, first-team all-conference. Lacey Summerlin, first-team all-conference, along with Traha, and then Carly Nichols, second-team all-conference. Uh, Lady Eagles taking on UTSA, and unfortunately, UTSA has just played it a run mm. on a double to go up 3-2 to two in the top of the seventh. Mm. All right, quick reminder, the show will be back on the road Friday. We'll be at Ramey Motors down in Purvis. We're looking forward to hanging out with those guys. Uh, I tell you what, whether you're looking for a car, a truck, an SUV, a lawnmower, a weed eater, uh, probably got a boat or two down there hidden away somewhere. In fact, I think they told us they were going to start carrying uh, some uh, name. three boats. There you go. So, uh, what an incredible place. And uh, we're going to be down there on a pretty regular basis the rest of the year. And uh, happy to be uh, teamed up with Ramey Motors uh, down in Purvis. We'll invite you to come by and uh, say hello. Would uh, enjoy very much talking to you. Well, that's not good news about softball, Luke. But I tell you, either way, well, what a tough what a tough thing to have to do, win two games and then turn around and you're in a double elimination against rested softball teams. Uh, now we know why Coach was, was striving so hard to try to get one of those top seeds. Yeah, it, if you're the one or the two seed, you're you're pretty much, you know, you're in the double elimination part of it. You got a real good chance. Uh, Lady Eagles, you know, finished fifth, so technically they're the best team in these opening games. They played at 12. Uh, right now, 
Let's see what happened. UTSA just grounded out. One of their runners advanced the third. UTSA up three to two. But Lady Eagles will bat in the bottom of the seventh. There's two outs right now. All this is taking place over in uh, in Birmingham. But you know what? Softball, man. These, they, uh, they've been playing, you know, 50-something games. If the Lady Eagles were to win today, to, to turn around at five and to get about a three-hour break, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a lot uh, in, in normal softball uh, ventures and, and schedules. Right. No question. Uh, no question about that. Track and field. Is track, it seemed like I read something about uh, – Track and field being engaged this weekend, or did I did I misread? They that? are in the yes, they are in the outdoor conference USA championships. Yeah, uh, and that takes place starting tomorrow. Will be all weekend, and we're planning on having Coach John Stewart next week to give us you know the full report. And uh, we are surely with McKinley West, John Warren, Eric Richards, some of those guys. Somebody will advance to nationals, and all that's going to take place uh, starting tomorrow through the weekend. We'll bring you some more reports on that. Tomorrow. You know, look, we just say that now like that's just every day. Oh, yeah, we'll have some guys advance to the Nationals. Is that not a credit to the <laughs> to the coaching staff of this track and field program that it's become almost routine now that we have athletes get into the National Finals? Well, it's not just us talking about it. There's other people inside the conference and outside the conference that have recognized what a great job that John Stewart and his staff have done. Uh, and so they're headed up to Charlotte you know, starting tomorrow. Uh, we'll go through who some of the favorites are and all that. But, man, it, it's really cool. And, and like we said, I think I said a couple weeks ago, track and field over the last two years, other than baseball, probably the most impressive right, uh, sports no program at Southern Miss. Well, I hear the Steve Miller band. That means it's time to say we're going to wrap up for today and look forward to joining you again tomorrow around the state as we talk Southern Miss sports on the Eagle Hour. Until then, everybody, thanks for listening. And remember, Southern Miss to the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.